0: Last week we uh, began our study on the armor of God. A list of what we need Amen. to live the victorious Christian life. Ephesians 6, 10-14 is where we started last week. Finally be strong in the Lord, the strength of His power. So put on the whole armor of God. So that you may understand stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. And then we got specific about parts of the armor. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. That was last week. And put on the breastplate of righteousness. That is. This week. Last week we looked at the video of Troy Herbity. He's a crazy Canadian who's building a bear-proof suit. And we saw him falling down mountains and being hit with baseball bats and run over by a truck. And all sorts of crazy things. We need to be protected every day. We can't be like Switzerland. We cannot be neutral in this fight. C.S. Lewis said, There's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second... Is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. And I'm afraid C.S. Lewis is right. We're at war. And so we're encouraged to stand firm. And if you're ready to stand firm, Ephesians 6 is for you. There are no furloughs, no leaves of absence, no truces. We always have to be on guard. And so today, the second part of verse 14 is our focus. Ephesians 6 14. Stand therefore, fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on a breastplate of righteousness. All of us need the truth of God in our lives. Uh, And today, we're gonna talk about the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covered vital areas. In the front, in the back, on the sides. You've seen enough movies to know what it looks like. Not all of them had the fancy molded metal ones that we see in the better movies Most of the Roman soldiers had to make their own, and very often they would have heavy linen, and they would take hooves of dead animals, and they would slice the hooves up and put it all over this so that they would have something to protect them, and they wanted to protect their vital areas, why it was so important. They would never dream of going into battle without a breastplate. Frank Self is going to hear his grandson speak today, Frank met here uh, a week and a half ago, about two weeks ago, maybe just a week ago, with his beekeeper group. Frank's a beekeeper. Any beekeepers in here besides Frank? Good, we all have sense. And so none of us do that. Can you, uh, If you were gonna keep bees, would you not put on every inch of uniform you could put on? I would have on two of everything. I'd want a helmet over the helmet and I would want all of the gloves and all of them. I just don't want to be stung by and it wouldn't be a bright idea to put everything on except, oh, your shirt. That would not be a really good idea. And so we need all of it. And the soldier would not think about going into armor without a breath play. So it covered the heart, and it covered, and I'll use the biblical language, the bowels is what they would have called that area. And to the Jew, it had great significance when these words were being written. Uh, like the heart represented the mind. The Bible says... As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that was their thinking. We thought with the heart is what they, how they understood it. Uh, and the heart in, in Hebrew is really it means the mind. So thinking is associated with the heart. And the bowels are associated with feelings and emotions. And we understand that. Because emotions hit us in our stomach, don't we? Or we have a gut feeling sometimes. Uh, and so... Uh, we ache in our stomach when emotions are present. So the Hebrew, this meant covering the thinking process and the emotions. So that's a good idea to cover because Satan wants to attack us in those areas of our lives, Our thinking and our emotions. Let me share you an example from my life. Seven weeks ago, my truck burned up at the public parking. It didn't burn up. It just melted the battery and the grill and the headlights and things like that. So I called the insurance, and I didn't know what to do, so they towed it here to the office. And then they decided where to take it, and the body shop came and got it at the church office. So when I get to the body shop, the lady says, you're the pastor at Spurs Baptist Week, yes ma'am, I am. So it was supposed to be ready in four days. This was seven weeks ago, and I've been given a really good runaround in seven weeks. Uh, it's going to total it? No, we're not going to total it. Yes, we are going to total it. Now we're going to fix it. And, and I don't know. But they know I'm a pastor. <laughs> Do you see the problem? Yeah. I can't tell them what I really think. Yeah. And maybe it's a good thing that they know. If my brother Charlie was alive, I'd be driving that truck today. <laughs> <probably drive> that. <laughs> i promise you He'd have gone to tell them. If you knew my brother, Madeline agrees with that. And in reflecting on it, I'm glad they know. Because I need, I need to be godly with whomever, whenever. I need to live a righteous life. And I need to protect my heart. I need to protect the way I think about these people. I need to protect my emotions about those people. And that's why it's so important. Because what's at stake here? If I go in there tomorrow and I go ballistic, they're not going to have a really good feeling about First Baptist Church of St. Springs. They might not have a really good feeling about pastors in general and they might not have a really good feeling about God. There's that much at stake when we mess up and so it is important that we always have this armor on because Satan wants to poison my mind and my emotions just like yours. So we have to be careful. Proverbs 4.23 puts it this way. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flows the spring of life. Another translation puts it this way. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. There's so many stories about people that didn't guard their heart. You know a lot of them. I remember this biblical one that I wanted to share with you. Just quickly, the life of Samson. Uh, I started Judges chapter 13. It tells you about what he was born to do. Judges 13 says this, Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines, who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant. They had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you've been unable to have children, you'll soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son. And his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He'll begin to rescue Israel from the Philistine. You can go home and read the rest of the story. You know it so very well. Samson, well, he had a problem, didn't he? He liked the ladies, and one in particular, he should have, he did Delilah. Was it Tom Jones or even where that sang about Delilah? Why, why, why? It was a soap opera story, and, and you know he lost his, why do I think of things like that? I have no idea why my mind went there. You know the story, and Samson really messed up, and he lost his power. We're going to skip reading the whole story, but I want to show you one verse. One verse that is in Judges 16 17. It says that after she pestered him and pestered him and pestered him to tell her the secret, finally, after tricking her several times, it says, Samson shared his secret with her, my hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I'd become as weak as anyone else. You know the rest of the story. That's what happened He became a laughingstock, born to deliver people, but, well, he missed what he was born to do in many ways. That verse 17, it says, Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. Many translations say this. Samson told her his heart. Samson told her his heart. What happens is, Samson gave his heart to the wrong person. And if he had guarded his heart, he would have accomplished greater things. We could sit in a circle and make a list of people from the news. If they'd have guarded guarded their heart, they'd have done greater things. If he'd have put on the breastplate of righteousness, if he'd have protected his thinking and protected his emotion, he would have continued to be protective to God. But he gave his heart to someone other than God. That's idolatry. There are some things. You only give to God. God wants your heart for himself. Over the years, I've made it a habit to tell my wife and my children, I love you as much as God will let me. They have to understand, as much as I love them, there's a pecking order. And God has to have first thought. And by the way, it's a good thing for wives and children, or husbands and children, when your spouse is dedicated to God, they're going to treat you better. So God has to have first place in our hearts. So now let's talk about righteousness for a minute. Righteousness is right standing with God. It's not what we do. It's not who we are. It's what's been done for us. If we try to stand on our own, we are in trouble. Bill wanted you to know that he wasn't perfect. I don't even have to tell you. You already know about me. But Isaiah 64 6 says this about all of us. We're all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sin sweeps us away like the wind. Romans 3.10 says this, There's no one righteous, no, not even one. On the day we become a Christian, God makes us righteous because of what Christ did for us, not anything we have done.
1: If anybody in all of the
0: Scripture could say, you know, other than Christ. I've done pretty good. I'm righteous. It's Paul. Paul was trained and pedigreed and, and was just right. But look what he says about this problem in Philippians 3, beginning at verse 4. Paul says, Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anybody could, I'm special if anybody is. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Why is that? Well, he says... I was circumcised when I was eight days old, according to the law. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, very prestigious. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees, that's a special group, to the Jews, who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, the Christian way, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault did everything he should. I once thought these things were valuable. Uh Uh-oh, but they're not. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Wow. Paul could even say, I'm not good enough. None of us are. We need the righteousness of Christ. Picture with me a boy coming to a castle of a great king to seek a favor. The rags he is wearing stick out like a sore thumb to the people, elegantly dressed in the king's court. It's quite a contrast. And gets at the castle point and laugh at the poor beggar. As he stands in front of the king, the king's own son steps down and stands next to the poorly dressed boy. And what he does next shocks everyone. He takes off his armor and places it on the boy. Now suddenly everything has changed. The finger pointing and the laughter, they stop. And the king grants the young boy his request, and even more. That's our story. We come to God with nothing. There's no goodness in us that can earn his favor. We're orphans with filthy rags. We are outcasts. But then Christ comes near and gives us his righteousness, and everything is changed. It is important that every day, every moment of the day, because we're always under attack, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. (laughs) Guard our hearts. Guard our hearts.